Uh, several years ago, uh, a friend and uh, a pa- one of the guys in the life of one of the churches I was pastoring, we'll call him Bill, was, had come to me and started talking about retiring. And I said, look, you're only 49. He said, yes, my aim is to retire at age 50. And I said, do you remember last winter when uh, you and I went out with your dad, who was 92, and we collected wood? And he was chopping with an axe and loading the trailers as quick as we could do anything else. I said, you've got 42 years and you'll still be like that. Well, the upshot was that Bill actually retired at age 50. And for a couple of years, he um, kind of lived for himself. He did some small things on an already immaculate home and garden. And then he and his wife set off travelling around the country, come back for a week, and they had a great time travelling around this wonderful country of Australia in their van. And when he returned home, he asked if he could come and see me, and I thought, this will be interesting. And he came in and he said, look, just a couple of months ago I was reading this from Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 and I I need to unpack it with you and this is what he was reading he found it very challenging you my brothers my sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature rather serve one another in love and over the conversation and getting towards the end he said something like this I've actually spent the last couple of years indulging myself, totally focused in on myself, doing my own thing, really not thinking much about God except when we're in some of the beautiful spots we've been around Australia. He said, actually, I'm bored with it all. And then he said this, it has not been satisfying at all and then he asked the wrong question where can I serve in the life of the church it was not long before we were paying him three days a week to be our administrator an amazing job he did you my brothers my sisters were called to be free so what sort of freedom is Paul talking about As Christians, we are truly free when Jesus Christ has rid us of the terrible burden of our sin. That's it in a nutshell. I could preach this passage on Galatians for weeks on end, but that's it in a nutshell. We're truly free when Jesus Christ has rid us of the terrible burden of our sin. He takes the initiative in his grace when we're in rebellion, comes to us and gives us forgiveness and the gift of salvation. That's our freedom. And in the context of the book of Galatians, it's also freedom from that awful bondage of having to earn the favour of God. I need to do this, that, that and the other to earn the favour of God and so that God keeps his focus on me. Because what was happening in that church who were mostly uh, Gentile believers, there were some Jews who'd been converted to Christianity and they were starting to go around the church and saying, oh yes, you need the cross of Jesus, but you also need to be circumcised and you need a few other things. You need these things plus the cross so that you're truly free, so that you have the favour of God. And Paul's saying, no, it is just the cross 
That's all that need you need. And then he goes on and says this, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. And I love it in the message. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and so destroy your freedom. (laughs) This means that our freedom is not to be used as a pretext or as a jumping off point or an excuse for indulging ourselves, doing our own thing without reference to God which is where Bill found himself after two years of doing it. He comes into my office and said, it's not satisfying. He was saying, I've lost my freedom. I've lost my freedom. Freedom means that we accept all that God has done for us in Christ and then we start doing what is pleasing to God and in this context in Galatians 5, to one another. Freedom, yes, means that we have unrestricted access to God. That is an amazing thing, that we can't do anything to push his grace away. And I want to tell you this, there is nothing we can do to make God love us more either than he loves us in the cross. Sometimes we think if we do this and that and something else, we can make God love us more. What kind of a God is that? It's not the God I want to worship. We cannot, we cannot do a thing other than stand in the shadow of the cross as it were. And there's the full bore love of God. Oh God, I read my Bible frequently. You've got to love me. No, 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 no. But sometimes that's what we offer up to God. Freedom means doing what is pleasing to God and to one another and that we have this unrestricted access to the love of God as his children. And it's not a freedom that allows us just to turn right in on ourselves and pursue selfishness, to throw off all the restraints of the gospel. It smells of profound sinfulness to me. One of the trends I've noticed in conducting marriages over 40-odd years is this whole new thing where when I first started doing marriages, pretty well every couple who came to me, whether they were part of the church or not, actually were waiting to get married before they fulfilled that relationship in the expression of their sexuality. Towards the end, it was very few, either from the community or from inside the church. And a couple of the young couples would say to me, Christian couples would say, We're free in Christ. That's it, full stop. We can do what we choose to do. Well, Paul says, hang on, wait a minute. I don't want to unpack all the stuff that rounds. But here's this shift. Freedom means I throw off all the restraints of the gospel and I live life as I want to live life for me doing my thing And even if I know God may say something contrary, I do my thing. That's freedom. Studies from psychiatrists and psychologists are showing that there is no slave like a man free to do as he pleases because what he pleases is self 